0: This This is the Game of Roses. Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Kids, if you're lucky enough, one day you could be a host of one of these (laughs) podcasts. And it will grant you the gift of immunity. And if you're lucky enough, even make you a gigantic star.
2: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues. It's Friday. So you know that this is a TWIB, this week in Bachelor Nation, we're going to be discussing our screams. We have a very interesting one this week. It's a dual scream. It was an event that both Pace Case and I were a part of, and from that event Mm -hmm. generated screams for us. We're going to be talking about all those parasocial plays. We're going to be talking about all those tids in Bachelor Nation news. We're going to be talking about what we're watching, and we're going to be talking about State of the game, up top.
2: What a summer Friday. A gore girl summer Friday. Yes,
0: it is still gore girl summer. As you know, you might have heard our interview earlier this week with one of the most notable figures in the history of our beloved game, Olivia Caridi. If you haven't checked that out, it's still up, obviously. Go back and give it a listen. She was very forthcoming about her treatment on the show, her experience within the show, within the nation itself. And kind of how it's affected her life. And we cannot thank her enough for joining us here on the program.
2: Yeah, Olivia, you know, face God, face player. That was a bucket list interview for us. Like, she's one of my favorite players to ever play. And getting to talk to her was extraordinary. And congratulations to her on graduating this week, along with Taylor Swift.
0: Taylor Swift graduated?
2: I think so. I didn't know that. She's and she spoke at the graduation about cringe.
0: She gave a graduation speech about cringe?
2: Well, the TikTok clip I saw was about cringe. I don't know what the whole thing was about. Oh.
0: Anyway. what she what Taylor Swift has a degree in what? Hang on a minute. I gotta Google this. Taylor Swift doctorate? That's that came up. There's no way. Gives a commencement speech at NYU. Her best life hacks. She gets an honorary degree from NYU
2: aren't all degrees honorary? Like, <laughs> No. <laughs> what? It's just a made up piece of paper. I don't no. know. <laughs> okay, well then maybe I didn't graduate from anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, my degree is not fucking <laughs> honorary. All right. Enough money was paid for that, that it's very real. I assure you. Anyway. A
2: degree is a state of mind. Just okay. listen to my favorite cringe queen, Taylor Swift. All right. <laughs> Kit Keenan also. NYU graduate this week.
0: She probably is a real graduate, though. Yeah, she probably did the time. Taylor Swift just showed up and gave a speech about cringe, which is actually what I would love to do to get an honorary degree. NYU, if you're listening, and you'd like a reprisal of a cringe uh, commencement speech next year, I'm available.
2: I would love to see you recreate any of her songs, just for what it's worth.
0: I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. Apologies, everyone. It doesn't
2: matter. I still want to see it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your wish is my command.
2: And we're besties, so yeah, I don't exactly. know. I guess you hate me.
0: you got a birthday <laughs> coming up in another year. So we also <laughs> have Gore Girls Summer uh, included coverage, the best coverage we believe of Bachelor Live on stage that has ever been done. And we even had Pace Case herself contracting COVID-19 on the festival circuit at Coachella. You're welcome. Thank you very much for your service, obviously. This is all to illustrate that Gore Girl Summer has it all, and we're going to have some more incredible interviews coming up in the very near future. Next week, to be exact, is going to be one you do not want to miss. So, once again, thank you for joining us for Gore Girl Summer, and rest assured, it ain't even close to being over. And you might want to pick up a brand new t shirt with the brand new Gore logo. You can get that right now at GameOfRoses.co. You can wear it yourself, you can put it on a creature, you can wear it to viewing parties, which are gonna be happening in a few short months for the Windecchia season.
2: Viewing parties are starting in July. What are you and your creature gonna be wearing? Are you gonna be wearing something random that doesn't even have to do with the game? Is your creature gonna be naked? I don't think so, that's embarrassing, that's cringe.
0: Nude creatures? Mm Mm-hmm,
2: creatures should always be covered in gore merch, I say. 2022. Cover your creatures. Gameofroses.co. That's where you can get them.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and now let's move on to uh, discussing what is going on with our beloved game. This is Game, game of Roses. Game of Roses. <clears throat> State of the game.
2: As you know, if you have subscribed to our Patreon, and are following this ever-developing story, the Sauce Wars are upon us. The official Bachelor Nation company podcast hosts are laying siege to the unprotected players, dropping flaming arrows from their Warner Brothers turrets against anyone who questions their official narrative. However, what you might not know, even if you're in tune with the day-to-day nation's goings-ons, is that the Sauce Wars are going international. Not in the traditional sense of international, but from the nation, a.k.a. Bachelor Nation, to the greater nation, a.k.a. the other U.S.-based reality TV shows. And this week, the first major shots were fired in streaming country, Netflix Nation, in the Selling Sunset verse.
0: Oppenheads and Crishella fights may already be familiar, but one of the biggest players on Selling Sunset, Christine Quinn, who has received the largest villain edit by far of any of the characters, went on one of the biggest podcasts in the world, Call Her Daddy, this week to promote her book, How to Be a Boss Bitch, and simultaneously, finally, fire back at producers on her show who villainized her to the point of her seemingly quitting the real estate firm and show in the most recent season finale. In this explosive interview, Quinn details to host Alex Cooper, allegations of producers making fake storylines using lies to pit her against her best friends. She discusses the death threat she got after season one.
2: Saying that at end of day, it's a show. She discusses a variety of topics, including how the show edited things out of order in a way that spurred a ton of conspiracy theories, including one that Christine Quinn had faked her own pregnancy. A wild storyline, which I had heard about, and I did go down the TikTok chain to disprove it. (laughs) And here are
0: some of the quotes from this interview. We come to a scene and they want everything to be, I can't even say the word without laughing, organic. They literally hold us away from each other. Chelsea and I are best friends. Vanessa and I are best friends. So we show up to set and they separate us in different rooms and then they wait until we're ready to film and they send us in. But in the meantime, they'll have someone say, oh my gosh you know, Christine just said this about you in a previous scene. And they'll come to me and say, Chelsea said this about you in a previous scene. So they set up these scenarios which instigate our emotions intentionally. But I've been doing the show for four years. I'm on five seasons. So I know how it works. This is what we say about... This to me really... You go. You go. (laughs) You go.
2: (laughs) This particular quote reminded me a lot of Katie Morton saying that she was separated from The Bachelor in Paradise other players during that reunion show.
0: And they do that to at least one player on the tell-alls or the reunion shows pretty much every season. They'll sequester somebody back in the back, usually a villain, to get everybody fired up on stage about how much they hate the person that they bring them out. And it's like, it's go time. And to hear that, like, this is just standard practice. They do it in all reality shows. Sequester a player, tell the other players some bad shit about them, and then they put them together to see if they'll fight.
2: Quinn goes on to describe an element of production that I assume must also happen on The Bachelor. She said, I've been into the office. There are six full-time storyboarders. What they do is they write the storylines and depending on how things change in the real world, in our lives, they can kind of rotate the storylines. But we have six full-time storyboarders who create narratives. I'm going to get sued after this. I don't care. You can't afford my lawyers. There's three different tiers when she was asked about the various salaries i get paid the most jason as well my entertainment attorney said this is my value and i think it's all about recognizing your worth
0: that the idea of the six full-time storyboarders by the way when i was a Mm -hmm. very young man just a few years ago one of my first jobs Uh out here in los angeles was as a pa on this mtv reality show called tough enough which featured uh you know, young kids who wanted to be pro wrestlers get in the WWE. And they all were putting a house together, kind of real world style, and they competed in various WWE events. And eventually uh, they were given contracts. One guy and one girl was given a contract with WWE at the end of the show. The job I had was to watch the raw footage and literally transcribe everything that was said. And then those transcriptions would go to producers who would be putting the storylines together, basically. But this was happening concurrently with the show being shot. So I would get the footage of what was, like, shot that day. I would transcribe it. That would then go to the producers. They would look at what they had and do what was called a paper cut. So just taking the script and be like, cut this here, mm-hmm. this here, this here, this here. And they would also use that to then craft what the next shit would be that they shot. So this is obviously a tried and true practice in reality television of being able to generate situations kind of on the fly in whatever situation might arise.
2: It's also a part of the scripted editing process, too. Luckily, there's software now that does that job of taking all the words and writing them out. That's a rough one. That should be replaced by AI.
0: (laughs) You know, I had the same job on, again, roughly at that same time, I wound up getting a PA job on an old show on E! Entertainment Television called Celebrity Profile. And it was the same thing. That show was every week they did, I believe, it was a half hour program where they just picked a celebrity and they would cut together all these interview clips of them in just like a montage, basically. And I, So my job would be to go into the E uh, footage vault, check out all these physical hard copy tapes, put them in a fucking VCR, and transcribe everything the, the celebrity said, and then give that to my producer who would make the paper cut, and then they would use that to cut the show. Good old days.
2: <laughs> I mean... I'm like making a TikTok video, and now you can. It'll automatically do the captions, and you can go in and edit them as well. And I'm already lazy enough, and I'm like, ah, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the next quote, the the final quote we have here that Quinn talked about money was that she tried to band together with the other players and do a unionization play. So that they could all negotiate their salaries, but the other players weren't interested. Um. Then Quinn revealed a very specific editing take. This reminded me of like off contract Baylock Eye Energy. She played this clip of an allegedly edited scene of her and Heather from season five that was supposedly included in press screeners. So they sent this out to all of the press. In the video, it appeared that Heather was dubbed to say. You said comments about Chrishell sleeping with Jason when she was still married, and you know that's bullshit. Christine then appears to a reply, Oh, my God, that's hilarious. I did say that. Christine says in this interview, Heather never even brought up that scene. She then plays the scene that ultimately aired on Netflix, in which Heather said, You said he's always had good taste in women, but I guess that's, you know, that's not true. And Christine's response is, Oh, my God, that's hilarious. I did say that. Was in response to that quote. And you see the two scenes and the first scene that they were going to send out to the entire world accusing her of confirming infidelity dubbed over by production. Heather never said that to me. So it's basically like Frankensteining the phrase, I did say that, like confirming a fact about a different thing.
0: I know, we're, we're really getting there to the point where they can just use whatever kind of software they want to make you say anything. These are still edits, but like it's it's coming where they're going to be using deep fakes and AI voice generators to just make these people say whatever the fuck they want.
2: The next one is also like that. She said, season three, I realized I can't win. There was a time when I was actually talking about Mary in a scene and I watched my mouth say, Amanza. This is another character. And I didn't say Amanza's name. And that's when I was like, what Wizard of Oz shit am I up against? Even the office scene where Mary got promoted, that was the best day we ever had together. And it didn't happen that way on camera. We were all hugging each other and like, oh, my God, Mary, I'm so happy for you. And the producers told me to keep walking out of the office. I walked out probably 16 times and they were like, no smile, no wave, no smile, no wave. But like we're prisoners, right? We can't leave until like they get what they want. This reminded me of the the rumors that producers have driven around people in circles in the exit limos until they cry.
0: Or keeping them in ITMs until they say what they want until like four in the fucking morning and shit. And people are just like delirious mm-hmm. in morning sleep. And they're like, no, you've got to give us the footage that we want.
2: The end of this most recent season, I guess we probably should have put a Selling Sunset spoiler alert up here, but spoiler alert right now. The end of that season, they have this storyline where it makes it look like Christine Quinn has bribed someone five thousand dollars to not use another realtor and use her instead which is kind of crazy because they're talking about so much money like you would think you would at least say it was a bigger bribe but she says it was this storyline was fabricated to cover up the less interesting storyline of her leaving to start her own crypto company she said i told production going into it listen i'm leaving the oppenheim group you guys know that so let's get creative with the storylines and let me talk about my own brokerage to which they completely edited it out because that's not a convenient storyline. That's not fun. She said the plotline surrounding her alleged bribe was in response to her departure, which really irritated her. I had no idea that was going on until people sent me clips and I was horrified. She also called out the show's production and producers saying that they manipulate and harass the women in order to generate more drama. I know how it works. I don't take anything the producers say to heart. But new girls coming in do. But they do everything they can to amp the girls up, to rile the girls up. It is a male-dominated industry in the production field to which they manipulate women, they harass them, and they just mentally torture and intimidate them. Fascinating interview. Christine Quinn with Alex Cooper on Caller Daddy if you want to check it out. It's on Spotify.
0: Well, this idea of the sauce and the off-contract tea or whatever you want to call it, whatever opposes the sauce, the truth. This idea is present in all of reality television because none of reality television is actually 100% documentary quality, realistic representation of whatever's going on. There's right now currently also rumors about the uh, current season of The Kardashians on Hulu that they are fabricating certain events and certain dates to make it look like they were not actually at the Travis Scott Astro World concert where people got killed. It, people are accusing them oh of revising God. now in how they're retelling like, "Oh, we were at Chris Jenner's birthday on November 5th." And it's like, "No, y- you were at that concert."
2: Why would they even bring up the dates around that? I feel like you're calling more attention to it.
0: I do too. I don't know, but that's Interesting. out there. But this idea that the sauce wars are happening and they are bigger than just The Bachelor, I think is correct. I think we are starting to see a slow swell of different players who are coming out and talking about the nefarious mm-hmm. production practices of all these different reality shows. And I think it's going to reach ahead at some point, again, as we've always said on the show, with some kind of a union, like a reality TV actors mm-hmm. union, or some kind of contractual thing being changed for most of these shows. The players on these shows have to start getting treated better because they're what make the shows popular. It's not the show. The format of The Bachelor is like, it is what it is, and obviously it's tried and true. But if you don't have a good lead and you don't have at least a couple of entertaining players, it ain't going to work. And especially something like Selling Sunset or... or. uh, you know, Housewives, like, that's all about the players. Those shows don't exist at all without big personalities and, like, crazy people on camera.
2: That's what's wild to me about them making up this, well, allegedly making up this story about Christine Quinn doing a bribery thing is... I'm not watching the show without Christine Quinn. To me, she is the show. I mean, other people, like, are more into Chris or I don't know who, who else you would be into on that show. But, like, she's a fascinating fascinating character and i don't think you have a show without her so it's ugh, it's wild to me that love is blind woman also from the second season said that food was withheld from her when she was sick or whatever it's not it's not no good. but
0: i think if you're a reality tv producer you're always doing malicious shit like you have to be or at least you think you have to be in order to get the footage that you want and I don't know like, what goes on psychologically in a producer's mind to reconcile that, what kind of cognitive distance you have to have to be able to be like, I'm a decent person and I just make good reality TV. Now let's fucking make up a lie about this person that could potentially ruin their life. But all of that is to say that the sauce wars are bubbling over in multiple reality TV kingdoms at this point. And there was even some talk by Ivan Hall this week about exactly what producers did to him on Bachelor of Paradise 7 when they left a phone in his room open to a screen. No. And I I guarantee you...
2: I haven't heard that. We're going to be
0: covering that clip in uh, our next Digging Deeper, which will be out next week for fucking sure.
2: That Ivan phone storyline is that's along the lines of the $5,000 bribery yeah. storyline to me like ridiculous but at
0: least the $5,000 bribery storyline is just something they like made up it's just something that they're talking about and using sound bites the Ivan Hall phone thing is a it's a trap it's a piece of physical sabotage they had to put in his fucking room and hope that he took the bait they set up a scenario for him to fall into That to me is like next level type shit. Really Machiavellian sinister type shit. And then they fucking call him out and punish him on the show for it. Unreal.
2: Hey, at least they gave him Bachelor
0: Live. Yeah, that's true. How could I forget? Anyway, (laughs) that rounds out the stated game. That's where it is now. These sauce wars are popping the fuck off. It's barely a day goes by that you don't hear something about. Some players like some producer did this Mm -hmm. or that or whatever. And we're here for it. We're covering it to our knowledge. We're the only Bachelor podcast talking about the Sauce Wars in this way.
2: I feel like no Bachelor podcast is even saying the word Sauce Wars.
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree with you there. (laughs) We're the only Bachelor podcast or podcast probably using the term Sauce Wars.
2: What are they scared of?
0: The truth, clearly. But I think that there are no other podcasts (laughs) even recognizing that this is a a big thing that is starting to happen now more and more, Mm -hmm. and that these... The players in all different games, Bachelor or otherwise, that are off contract and willing to come out and talk about producer practices versus the players in all different games who tow the company line. That is going to be something that I think now is a a main part of all reality television, specifically Bachelor, but across the board.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising to me. I feel like there's been a huge labor movement happening, you know, outside of the entertainment industry, whatever those jobs are. (laughs) I hear that they're unionizing in a lot of different uh, companies. Well, thank you for uh, indulging me on this uh, sauce wars selling sunset. I hope all the Chris Shella fights and Quinn stands enjoyed this. (laughs) Quinnies.
0: (laughs) And now we're gonna move on to the next segment of This Week of Imagination. It's one that we debuted not that long ago, but we both enjoy it, so we're gonna continue doing it. In this mm-hmm. segment, we discuss what our eyes behold when they are not beholding our beloved game. This is... What are you watching?
2: What are you watching? When I am not watching our beloved game, during Gora Girl Summer, I have been watching this in parts because it's actually kind of a long series. But I started back up again on The Beatles Get Back. Have you watched this?
0: No, I have not. What is this?
2: Oh my, Dark Lord Palmer! You would love you, you would love this. I think it is a docu series from 2021. It's on Disney Plus. Peter Jackson directed and produced it. And it's basically about the Beatles making the 1970 album, Let It Be, which had the working title of Get Back. And it basically is all of this unused, never before seen footage of the Beatles making songs, essentially, and like preparing for a performance. I haven't finished it. But it was originally, they were making a documentary at the time. But basically, during this, you see the Beatles sort of break up. Oh, interesting. And you're watching their creative process. And then you get some of this audio from this lunch in which, and certain Beatles are running out of the process. It's chaos. But you also see them like making songs and like switching, like trying little things. And there's like... There's no real narration. It's kind of like you're just in the room with them. And it's the total runtime, I think, is almost eight hours. So it's three very long episodes. And each of them basically covers weekly periods of 21 days of studio time. And it's just, I don't know. I've always been a fan of the Beatles, but I didn't really know that much about them. And this was like, it's fascinating and you see them like there's definitely tension but they're goofing around with each other and you see like yoko ono comes and just like sits there and is just hanging out and like it's 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 amazing it's i've never seen anything like
0: it i'll have to check it out i like the beatles as well i didn't even know about this
2: and you already have disney plus you don't have to be like I'm not getting. I'm gonna cancel
0: Disney Plus pretty soon.
2: I think you will like the. I think this is more, m- maybe more up your alley. I mean, you're never gonna watch Severance, but
0: that's whatever. correct. Instead, what I've been watching is a little program called Outer Range on Amazon. I'm almost done with the first season. Josh Brolin plays a rancher in Wyoming, very similar to Kevin Costner's character in Yellowstone, and he is very gruff, as are his children. And his wife and literally everyone in the show. What are gruff children? They're all just kind of like stoic and like, I don't say much. I'm just a cowboy. You know, like that kind of thing. Uh, He discovers on his property near the edge of it, a giant hole. And the hole opens up into what looks like the universe. And we find out that this is a time portal. And there's all kinds of weird backstories about how he came out of the portal when he was a kid. And he's fallen into the portal. All this fucking weird shit. And it is shot beautifully, acted strangely, written strangely. There's a lot of, like, qualities to it <laughs> that you're like, what the fuck? It's done so strangely. There's one guy that has, like, a pet crow for no reason. Anyway, highly recommend it. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it. And I've been watching the Kids in the Hall uh, new series. Do you know Kids in the Hall? No. They were a super successful sketch comedy group from Canada who had a show on HBO in the mid to late 90s produced by Lorne Michaels, who produces Saturday Night Live. They ended that uh, sketch show with a movie called Brain Candy that tanked. Still, I love that goddamn movie, though. And they were just super funny and interesting. It was a like a single-camera sketch show. I had never seen anything like that at the time. And so now these hmm. guys are all... It's all men? Yeah, five guys. They're all in their 50s, I think, now. And so they've come back to do this show again but now they're 50 whatever and it's still very funny Mm -hmm. still very much in the same spirit of the old 90s show it's nostalgic for me in a way but i also just really like these guys some of them have gone on to do some kind of bigger things dave foley for example was in news radio do you remember that sitcom at all joe rogan andy dick dave foley phil hartman certain live Alone. um at any rate highly recommended if you like sketch comedy especially if you like the old show this one is very good as well but that's it that's what we're watching hmm. right now and we're going to move on to the next segment of our program in which we discuss all of those delicious <laughs> tids. this is bachelor nation news
2: First up in Bachelor Nation News, Jojo Jojo jo jo and A-Robro are finally wedded in holy matrimo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh. After he re the season 12 Bachelorette and her ring winner, the little brother of NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Rodgers, have finally tied the knot. It's been six long years since the couple were engaged way back in JoJoJoJo's season finale in 2016. But after several postponements due to the COVID-19 lockdown, they finally said their I-dos in front of a group of family and friends at the Sunstone Winery in Inez, California on Saturday. Some high-profile representatives from the nation were in attendance, including JoJoJoJo's dynamic duo partner from Bachelor Season 20, Becca Tilly, as well as orgasm montage strategist Raven Gates and her partner Adam Gottschalk, the man not the doll. Coverage of the wedding was sold to People Magazine who published exclusive coverage of the event as well as a series of photos. Congrats go out to Fletcher who is one of only six players to ever cross the two million mark on Instagram on her legal union with the less famous Rogers brother.
0: Next up in Badger Nation News, it's official. The Bachelor is renewed for a 27th season at ABC. Even as network ratings swirl the drain, our beloved game remains one of ABC's most lucrative shows, ranking number one in its time slot and night in the 18 to 49-year-old demographic. So while the show will most certainly have to move to streaming sometime in the near future, it will still be airing on standard broadcast television at least through February of 2023. I still think the days are very numbered, though. That uh, Dancing with the Stars moving to streaming I think is the canary in the coal mine for other reality competition shows, specific, especially mm. on ABC. Although, that's a little bit different because Disney owns Dancing with the Stars. Warner Brothers owns Bachelor. So if Disney ABC wants to make money off The Bachelor, they have to keep licensing it. They have to keep renewing it. Because as soon as that deal is up, Warner Brothers takes it, and it will wind up on HBO Max, which is Warner Brothers.
2: Everyone is going to streaming. Bravo is putting some all their new Housewives shows on Peacock. Yeah. And some of them are very good. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, the sauce wars have hit the big time. Although we are the only outlet calling the winding rift in Bachelor Nation between company players and off-contract players by its correct name, The Sauce Wars, this week, Us Weekly ran an article with the headline, Blake Horseman and Natasha Parker Ignite Feud of Fairness in Bachelor in Paradise. The article detailed the back and forth that took place this week this past week via podcast and social media, and we were even cited in it. Hell yeah. I quote, the DJ later claimed in the comments section of a Game of Roses Instagram post that Natasha was, quote, given a rose by production, end quote, during season seven of BIP amid her drama with Piper James and Brendan Marias. As we know, once something hits a mainstream Bachelor Nation coverage outlet like Us Weekly, it means it's real. And while they're not calling this the Sauce Wars just yet, they soon will be.
0: This is the Sauce Wars. <laughs> period this is not a feud this is not a rivalry (laughs) this is a war it is a war over sauce it is the sauce wars i can't be more clear and eventually it will become to be known as that officially by all of these podcasts by all of these outlets i can guarantee it this is the sauce wars this
2: is like we're calling it the windekia season i bet they're just going to be like, it's Wachel time.
0: <laughs> of course. Of course that's going to fucking happen. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the next piece of imagination Nation news. The Dark Lord is in the news this week for officially being named the new host of Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. Dark Lord Palmer, of course, took the mantle from Dark Lord Harrison to host his first full season with Clayton Eckerd's Bachelor Season 26. Bachelor in Paradise Season 7 was hosted by a rotating cast of guest celebrities, but those days are done as Palmer assumes the full array of Dark Lord responsibilities, now hosting every iteration of our beloved game. VIP will air on Mondays and Tuesdays this season with Wells Adams reprising his role as the supposedly concerned bartender of Paradise. We wondered how Jesse Palmer would settle into his role as the new Dark Lord. And although he began the season with a gleeful attitude and what seemed to be genuine concern for players' well-being, <laughs> but after the final rose, it was clear he had become consumed by the same dark energies that twisted his predecessor into the demonic voice of the game for 20 years. We are very excited to see if the new Dark Lord can bring the same detached malevolence to sand that Dark Lord Harrison so expertly wielded season after season. Congrats to DLP. I'm very, very excited to see him in those board shorts and that floral print button-up shirt.
2: Clues, Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock.
0: we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims support for today's episode comes from one skin if you have sensitive skin you're going to want to hear about one skin's scientifically proven topical supplements this is face eye body shield
2: Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her my friend will on my other podcast talks about it all the time and i agree it is very good it's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule you just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com/slash gameofroses today to get 10% off your first month. That's com slash gameofroses.
2: I can't wait to see what his uh, bit in the montage is going to be. It's just going to be like him holding a football, drinking a Mai Tai.
0: Yes. Football, football, football. Everything football with this man. I mean, we've seen... Who was it that got hit in the head with the football? Was it the great one?
2: I want to say it was Aaron and Big Body.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe. People are always getting hit in the heads with footballs. Maybe they'll have him throwing the footballs that hit people in the head since he was an NFL quarterback.
2: Congrats to Dark Lord Palmer, and condolences goes out to all the Wells heads. They're who I always see piping in on these, these news things. There's a strong contingent of Wells is the one true host of BIP. <laughs>
0: they want him to host Paradise. Uh-huh. Let's just get into Wells Adams as as hosts go. Oh, my God. This may be controversial. I don't even think he's good as the bartender. Edgelord. I don't think Wells Adams... <laughs> Wells Adams... <laughs> and call me what you will. I prefer Elord. But Wells Adams is serviceable in that role as bartender. What is very clear to me in how he comes off in the the performance he's delivering is that he feels he has ascended from player Mm -hmm. into a role that is commensurate with a dark lord he feels that there is a condescension toward the other players and even the game Mm -hmm. itself when he is on camera it's subtle but it's there and granted the man is marrying into a giant fortune his are they married or no it's his fiance still right I don't believe they're married yet. But Sarah Hyland, the actress, is his fiance or maybe wife. We don't know. I'm pretty sure it's still fiance, But she's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars from all of her work mm-hmm. put into Modern Family, which went into fucking 100 seasons or whatever. So she's got a shitload of money. And I think he feels there's no hunger in Wells Adams anymore to achieve the goal of becoming a Dark Lord, of hosting these things. He doesn't need it, you know? It's like, eh, whatever. I'm about to fucking marry into hundreds of millions of dollars.
2: Did we just watch this last same Bachelor in Paradise season? Did you not see his dramatic run to change outfits? That was iconic.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. He doesn't have it. Wells Adams does not have it. He's been around the dark energy for so long, but the dark energy doesn't like him. It didn't take to him. There's no dark energy permeating him.
2: I say they bring back Yuki and Jorge.
0: Okay. I think DLP is going to be very good on Sand. I think after that, after the final rows, where you could literally see the fucking, the dark gleam in his eye start to shine. I think he's going to do very well on Sand.
2: I think he's already doing very well at, at, um, driveway.
0: Yeah, I agree. Could you imagine Wells Adams on driveway? (laughs) Could you imagine (laughs) fucking bartender Wells Adams trying to do driveway? Just imagine it with me for a second. You can't. Because he doesn't have the proper authority. He's a little too goofy. He's a little too like, I'm a friend of the players. He's like a too recent of a player to wield the necessary authority. And certainly I don't think he has the maliciousness necessary to really savor the suffering of the players.
2: Maybe once he becomes a happily married man, we can revisit.
0: I think once that goes down, he's like checked out. I don't think we see him again. I think they're going on a lifetime of vacations.
2: Time will tell. And that's been diaries of an e-lord. Indeed. (laughs) Speaking of (laughs) the upcoming season of Bachelor in Paradise, the demigod herself, Demi Burnett, has officially announced that she will not be returning to the scorching hot Mexican sands, where she previously elevated her Instagram numbers to over a million, when in season six, she proposed to her girlfriend, Christian Haggerty in the first ever same-sex relationship on any American Bachelor franchise show. After that engagement was called off, Burnett returned to Sand for B.I.P. Season 7, where she engaged in a love triangle strategy with Kenny Brash and Mary Pepin, before joining GSJ's group of disgruntled females, all of which gained her no new followers. Last Thursday, at the Rolling Stone Meta Creators issue event at the Hearst Estate in Beverly Hills, the demi told Us Weekly, I cannot go on Bachelor in Paradise again. No. Also, I'm way out of their league. <laughs> I have a podcast going on. And so on my podcast, I feel like I get to make my own show out of it a little bit. The podcast she's referring to is Demi-Goddess, which is her second attempt at podcasting after Big Demi-Energy failed to gain the necessary attention to keep it alive. Demi Goddess is described as reality star Demi Burnett, the Bachelor of Bachelor in Paradise, steps into her true power on Demi Goddess. Demi gives her unapologetic takes on everything from sex and dating to pop culture drama to why the bar isn't just on the floor for cis men, it's subterranean. Along with superstar guests from the reality verse and beyond, Demi is not holding back, but let's be honest, dot, 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 she never does. So it seems that her playing days are officially behind her now, and we wish the demigod luck with demigoddess.
0: This made me sad a little bit. She is one of my all-time favorites. I just, we had never seen anything like her in season 23 of Bachelor. She was a force of nature, and of course, they brought her back. Her colorful narrator game was so good that they brought her back for two subsequent seasons to do little sketch comedy bits essentially. She did two fucking full runs of Bachelor in Paradise. Like, uh, she really is one of the greatest players of all time, I Mm -hmm. think. And this was just, it was her retirement, in my opinion. She officially announced her retirement. And I am, I have to say sad. I know she didn't have a good run on Paradise last season, (sighs) but I wanted to see her do it one more time. See what she could pull together. Cause I think she still has some gas in the tank.
2: I feel like it was, you know, like with any great sportsman, when you when when are they going to retire? Are they going to go out with a bang like when she proposed to Christian Haggerty or are they going to fizzle out like she did this past season? And, you know, I don't believe Demi here. I'm like, I could see her coming
0: back. <laughs> you think she's going to be on the next Bachelor of Paradise?
2: No, no, not the next Bachelor in Paradise, but I could see her coming back. Like, I just think she's, just above and beyond the other colorful narrators. And what if they need to do an extreme pillow fight again or another van investigation? Who are they going to call?
0: Do you think there's there's ever a world where she's bachelorette?
2: Like bisexual bachelorette? I mean, I would love to see it.
0: Is her name in that conversation, do you think? Do you think any producers entertain this idea?
2: Maybe. If they, You know what? <sighs> well, it's hard to say. It's like... She's not the normal type they go for. They normally go for a good girl or a free spirit. Demi is a villain, clown, colorful narrator. But if they are having the conversation about doing a bisexual bachelor or bachelorette, it's going to be bachelorette. And who have they had that's bisexual? They have had Demi and they have had Jamie King. I think Demi would be more likely to be bachelorette Mm -hmm. than Jamie King.
0: I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I just I always like to try and think of ways to get her back in the game because she was so entertaining to me. But we thank you, Demi God, for your service in our beloved game. And we wish you a great amount of luck in the new endeavor with Demi Goddess, your new podcast. I'm
2: excited for that big Demi off contract energy.
0: Yeah, maybe. she. I don't know. She's never been that good at that. She just kind of relies on brashness and zaniness and doesn't really ever dip into the tea too much
2: she's not out of the game.
0: I, that's what I think too, I don't think she ever will be. She's
2: gonna come back for summer games or something.
0: Yeah, maybe. Listen to your heart season two. And finally, we have to wish a big happy birthday to Michael Olio, who began his 39th trip around our dying star on Tuesday, May 17th. The package deal single father is still very much in crown contention, we believe here. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bachelor season 27 is none other than Michael Alio.
2: We know that they've already cast around for people who would want to date someone with kids, right? That is true. Who else are they going to do? What other package deal options are there? I don't know. Zero.
0: I think he's in the conversation. I think it's going to depend on who comes out of Wendekia.
2: Mm, You think there's going to be package deals on Wendekia?
0: Oh, for fucking Sure. There's always a package deal at least one i like very much just calling it windekia it's like um, ragnarok lol. i find that funny and now let's come together to discuss all of the greatest plays that our players have made off the field in the metaverse this is the
2: parasocial play 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 of the week
0: One half of Wendekia returned to social media this week when Gabby Witte posted an Instagram story of a meal she ate, a dark wine and gnocchi image with a couple tagged friends in it. No doubt her parasocial plays will escalate in the coming weeks, but it was definitely an interesting choice for her return posts, signifying that Wendekia has concluded.
2: It's kind of like a soft launch of returning to Instagram. <laughs> This gnocchi.
0: <laughs> I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. There is Misty there. <laughs> Who are these people tagged in it? I followed them both. <laughs> They're just her friends, I guess. And it's also, where are they eating? Is this a celebration meal? What is she telling the friends? But she's back.
2: Is her final
0: person Italian? Who knows? But Are there hints here? She's out of the bubble. And... She'll have to go back in at some point. She's obviously going to have to show up for the mental wall. She's obviously going to have to show up for the after the final rose. But for now, she is free from the confines of producer manipulations. Congratulations, Gabby Windy.
2: Olympian and season 26 colorful narrator Marlena Wesh tweeted out that she occasionally wears her rose ceremony dresses to clean her house at Game of Roses, tweeted in response that we needed to see it. And she came back with a TikTok of her cleaning her entire house in a rose ceremony dress, including the most glamorous video of someone cleaning a toilet we've ever seen. This TikTok has 985 views, but the vibes are endless and immaculate.
0: Season 18, Apple player Rodney Matthews finally jumped into the TikTok game with his first ever post, a dynamic duo crossover event featuring ring winner Nate Olacoya alongside two Big Brother players. The four danced to a modern ship shanty-esque song. This debut play garnered 3.8K pairs of eyeballs.
2: Season 25 Bachelor player and BIP First Sand Abigail Herringer shared some exciting developments in the deaf community this week. In an Instagram Reel, she revealed that Barbie has made its first doll with a hearing device. Coldplay is making its shows more accessible. And the theater chain AMC is adding more closed captioning screenings. Also, we've gotten our first deaf superhero character and the first Oscar for a deaf actor. This video has 531,000 views and 35K likes.
0: Okay. I'm integrating a new segment that I just came up with. I don't know what it's called okay. yet. Something like Clues Tech Corner or something like that. In relation to what you just talked about, did you see that video that came out this week of the Google Glasses that auto-translate everything?
2: Uh-uh. What tech corner
0: is this? They're a pair of glasses. It's just Google. Like um, <laughs> Google mm-hmm. Google translation glasses, and I'm sure you'll find a video of it but they're basically like glasses. They look like Ray-Bans. They're not like big chunky fucking VR headset or anything like that, regular glasses. And you wear them and whoever is speaking to you, it picks up their audio and then it can either translate it into a language you understand and you see it in the glasses. It's like closed captioning for the world basically. And if you're deaf, the same is true. Someone can speak to you and you can read what they're saying.
2: I love that.
0: Yeah, it's gonna revolutionize everything.
2: I watch everything with closed captions. So I wish I had this device. I'm so grateful that we have Clues' Tech Corner to let me know about this. I don't
0: know when they're going to put it out, but I mean, it, it very necessarily means there will never be a language barrier again.
2: If it's perfect.
0: It's fascinating to me. Even if it's fucking good enough. Even if you can just hold a conversation with somebody in a completely different language now without having to know any of that language. Well,
2: I know that they already have a feature where you can like put your camera up on something and it'll automatically translate any written words. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, and they have Google Translate audio. You can do it on your phone. You just hold it up, you speak into it, and then it speaks out whatever language you want to translate it in.
2: I feel like I started doing the closed captioning thing because of Bachelor and I wanted to like get every word and now I just watch everything with closed captions. And when I go to the movies now, I'm like, I have no idea what anyone's saying because I'm just so used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad they have these new new AMC screenings.
0: Okay.
2: Thank you for that uh, Clues Tech Corner offering. Love to see you work in your creative energies.
0: My pleasure. You
2: still got it.
0: That's right. Speaking of creative energies being worked, season 19 runner-up in season 20 Player and dynamic duo partner of Jojo, Becca Tilly posted a short TikTok this week to the song For the Girls, in which she and a group of people dressed in bikinis do a quick transition to dressing as drag kings, complete with mullets. The video has 10.4K likes and 224.2K views. Tilly is the longtime dynamic duo partner of the recently hitched former crown Jojo. But Tilly has been rumored to be dating singer Haley Kiyoko. And The Nation is waiting to see if Kiyoko's newest Bachelor-themed music video may in fact feature <sighs> Tilly receiving a vinyl rose. If she makes that fucking video, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. I think everybody is.
2: should Play of the Year.
0: Could be. Could actually be.
2: I love, this te- I love this teaser. It was almost my Play of the Week until I saw one play, which... Tugged at the tear play chains in my brain. There's only one parasocial play of the week, and the winner this week goes to Peter Popeye Weber. Weber shared a milestone in his career this week with a fourth audience. As first officer, Weber introduces the captain of a particular airline flight, his lifetime's hero, his dad, 747 Flyer, for his retirement flight after 37 years. 747 Flyer says he wishes he could start his career over again because he's loved every minute of it. This piece is beautifully shot and scored. The caption reads, "I'll cherish this forever." Blue heart at United. The video features 747 Flyer, Sweet Nums, and Jet and Jack, and has 391,000 views and 48.6k likes. Congratulations to the entire Weber family on this momentous occasion and on this outstanding parasocial play. I've never wanted to be a pilot until I saw this video. It is pure Skyaganda.
0: Skyaganda, okay, I'll go there. I'm there with you, Skyaganda, okay.
2: (laughs) See, I still have got my creative energies too. She's still got it.
0: Yes, clearly. (laughs) And now let's move on to talking about those parasocial plays made by our non-human friends. These are anti-humans. We're talking about these creatures. (laughs) The Dark Lord reunited with his pup, Lulu. Very beautiful. Becca Tilly shared her day with a wild brown finch that flew into her home. These are both great plays. But there can be only one creature of the week, and this week, the prestigious award goes to Baylock High's pup, Winnie. The stagecoach DJ posted a two-slide offering to his main grid this week, featuring himself kissing and snuggling his pup with a caption that read, Anybody else love their dog so much they are actually terrified how much they're going to love their child, dot, 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 because same, Part I emoji, hashtag she cute cute. Baila High has his likes turned off of this post, so we have no stats for you. But the one and only season 20 bachelor and baby sea turtle pastor Ben Higgins commented, nope, can't relate. Winky face emoji. Beautiful work from one of the greatest off-contract players of all time.
2: You know what would have been greater work for all these creatures? If they were
0: clothed
2: in a gore t-shirt. (laughs) Gameofroses.co. Yeah. Always be selling That's right. clues. If I've taught you anything.
0: Right. You've seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I mm,
2: nope. No, I know. I know it's from that, but I've only seen that clip. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's where that line's from. Alec Baldwin delivers it. Okay. Yo, oh, you've seen the clip. Got it. You should watch the movie. It's a great fucking movie. Anyways. Nah. Let's move on to that portion of our program where we descend deep into the depths of the pit, just like in Outer Range. That's basically a pit. You gotta watch this show. They discover a (laughs) fucking literal pit. That's a time travel pit. Anyway, now it's time to descend into our own pit that is not a time travel pit, but instead a pit of our love and admiration for our beloved game. This is Scream from from the the Pit. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags, and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince, Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you to get started. You just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on first Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well. If you're doing it as a gift, it only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge. Who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out.
1: wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Acast helps creators launch, grow,
2: and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. In our screams this week, we went back to school. Just like Taylor Swift, we got honorary degrees this week. Clues, what was the context?
0: The context was this. I last year roughly at the same time got asked to do a an appearance a guest speaker type appearance in a class at depaul university that is taught by dr adrian stoner this class i believe is called the bachelor it's a literal college course at fucking depaul Mm -hmm. all about the bachelor and i assume reality tv to some degree as well But uh, they have guests come in and speak via Zoom, usually, sometimes in person. But they've had past players. I believe Dark Lord Harrison came into the class at one point in one semester. At any rate, uh, this year, both Pace Case and I got to go and talk in this class and answer questions about The Bachelor, and there were some students in the class who were already in the pit, and they're reading our book as part of the curriculum as well.
2: Yes. Yes. They sent us a photo in which all of the children, not children, adults, were holding up books. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I only say children because it was so cute. And like I I didn't talk to the class last year and I did it this year, and it was just the cutest thing ever. And all of the questions were extremely thoughtful and well thought out. And like each person would come to the front and we would see them on like the close Zoom, but we could also see the audience. And, you know, they asked us questions about the book, they asked us questions about The Bachelor in general, and about our lives. And my scream part of this comes from one particular question. I cannot remember what the student's name was, but they asked the question, do you feel like you have made it? And this question really stuck with me and I I think I answered it in a similar way I would answer it now which is my one of my closest friends who I've been watching The Bachelor with since the age of 12 like somewhat recently said to me like Lizzie do you realize that you are doing what your dream job would have been when you were 12 years old like your life is spent discussing The Bachelor like you're one of your favorite reality TV shows. And I had a similar feeling when we were asked this and I was like, for me, yes, I do. I do feel like we've made it. We have created a full-time job for both of us and now Grace Ann Parks and our editor, Nate, out of nothing. Like this was nothing. This was just a hobby you and I had that we did in our free time that has taken over our lives, and it has been a ton of work. But to be able to do this as a career, it has been incredibly fulfilling. And just the very fact that we were in this class, like speaking to a bunch of students who were using our book as their textbook, I was like, yes, I I do feel like I've made it from just like that experience. Like, how can you not feel like that? Well, I mean, you can feel however you want. I assume we're on different pages on this question, but
0: (laughs) we are. We are on different pages.
2: (laughs) But I just wanted to say thank you to that class and thank you for having me really take a step back and like look at what we have accomplished and just sort of feel a sense of pride and sort of relish the entire creative endeavor that we have done. It's not where I like thought I would be working at this point, but it's incredibly creative. I get to do it with one of my besties and it's often very fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I enjoy it as well and I agree with everything you've said with the exception of the fact that I don't feel like I've made it, nor do I think I ever will feel that way. I feel like I, I do a bunch of artistic projects. This is one of them and they achieve, you know, various levels of work output, financial success, whatever. I do view this as one of like the most interesting ones that I've ever done, though, in the course of my life. And I think I'll always reflect on it like that for exactly the reason that you're talking about. We just got to go to like Mm -hmm. a major university and speak in a class about The Bachelor and the book that we wrote about it and all of that. That said, I don't think I'm going to feel like I've, in quotes, made it until... Neuralink technology or some technology (laughs) like it exists and I can upload my brain into the internet and leave my physical body behind and never have to worry about any of the fucking bullshit of humanity again until that happens or if aliens come down and
2: immortality okay
0: yeah making it is definitely immortality but also living in humanity 2.0 transhumanism which I believe we have a shot everyone listening to this today everyone alive currently right now has a shot to become transhuman so maybe if they're still teaching the bachelor class 20 years from now and I have uploaded into the internet, then I, can, I will have a different answer for that question. But as of right now, I don't feel like I've made it, but I do enjoy this quite a bit. Yes. And we can't thank Dr. Stoner enough for having us in her class and all the students who had such great questions and everything. It definitely is also my screen that we've taken this podcast and the book and just kind of our cultural critique of what The Bachelor is in American pop culture and where it fits into all of this. We've taken it to such a level that now we're like...
2: We have honorary degrees.
0: Somehow included in at least that class, some piece of American academia.
2: We are basically Taylor Swift. Yeah,
0: exactly. Taylor Swift, step aside. Except nothing we did. Nothing we did in our appearance in that class was cringe. <laughs> and now let us move on to playing for you another scream. This is a scream that comes from Licey Lou. That is a username from somebody who is down here in the bottom of the pit with us. If you would like to submit your own scream that we might play in this very segment, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, join us in the bottom of the pit, and you'll get access to our Discord. In that Discord, you can find a channel where you can submit your own screams. They have to be a minute or less audio file. And if they're good, if they're dark enough, We may play them and analyze them here, just as we're about to do now. Here we go.
1: Hello, Pitt. My scream is, I completely understand Claire falling for Dale from watching him parasocially before her season began because I basically did the same thing. Okay, hear me out. I met a guy back in the summer while abroad. We exchanged Instagrams, and in the months that followed, I honestly learned so much about him through his Instagram. We did message back and forth a bit, but a lot of it was just from his expert parasocial play. Fast forward to just a couple months ago, I got to see him again for a weekend. And because I had already laid that parasocial foundation, when we got together, I kind of felt hard and fast. Not to the point of getting engaged, but love level ones were definitely exchanged. Unfortunately, he and I have sort of lost touch, but when I look back on things, I can't help but think of Claire. I get it. I understand how she was able to develop feelings for Dale so quickly. I get it. Of course, to fully relate to this, Phantom Night 1 needs to have happened, which it totally did. But yeah, the power of that parasocial relationship, it's real. Thanks for listening, and praise be Dark Lord Palmer. (laughs) You've been mossed.
2: Lucky girl.
0: (laughs) I love this scream. Absolutely love this scream. What Claire Crawley taught us was that no one is immune from the power of a parasocial relationship. She's the lead of the fucking Bachelorette. Doesn't matter. Dale Moss's parasocial game was so strong, she's in love with him as soon as she meets him, or, or maybe whatever the second time. We we don't know,
2: but. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, that was my one problem with the Scream is that Phantom Night 1 was not real. Mm. Therefore, is any of this
0: Scream real? Nothing is real and everything is real. We know both, both of these things are true.
2: OK. Taylor Swift graduated from NYU this week.
0: But Lisey Lou, Lisey Lou, <laughs> however you pronounce it, thank you for submitting the screen. And I congratulate you on getting to experience the true power of a very profound parasocial relationship. And I, I mean, obviously, we can't talk to you. We have no ability to have this conversation with you. But I am curious. If you think something like this might happen again, would you try to steer away from it? Was it detrimental, do you think? Mm -hmm. I know you lost touch with this person and everything, but is that a symptom of the parasocial nature of the relationship or did it have nothing to do with it? I'm curious.
2: Is it because the spark burned hard and fast DM style or is it because the feelings were based on... Zeros and one.
0: All feelings are based on zeros and ones.
2: Okay.
0: The human brain <laughs> is a machine designed to detect and produce binary patterns, this or that, good or evil, light or dark, hungry or tired. Oh, my God. So
2: <laughs> I'm actually going to bring in, like, a, a side scream here, a Pokemon scream. I Have I talked about my burner phone for Pokemon? Yes. So I do have a, my old cell phone, which I was like, well, I could sell this for like 60 bucks or I can put my other Pokemon Go account on it and play two accounts at once. Thus, Bessie the Burner phone was born. Bessie the Burner phone doesn't update because she doesn't have a SIM card in her. She still has the background of a rainy window that says I am unstoppable at the top. <laughs> so I oh I don't know God. if anyone will remember this, but this is what Moss said was the background of his phone. The I am unstoppable. um, What do you call that? What are the things you say to yourself?
0: Inspirational quote.
2: Not a mantra, but a (laughs) affirmations. So I am unstoppable was his affirmation. It is the background on my phone. And that's also a parasocial relationship, you know, because Dale Moss and I have never met. But I also love this scream because you know, it was maybe this person like couldn't really identify with Claire until she experienced it in real life. And I also like I can totally understand this. And I feel like it's actually one of the ways that a lot of people are dating, like most people use online dating now. And that is almost entirely parasocial. You're seeing the photos that they've curated or you're going to their social media accounts that they have linked to vet them. And you could find out so much information about someone on the internet before you even meet them. For instance, one person I Googled and I found their uh, wedding registry for a wedding they had not gone through with, but it lived in the internet forever.
0: (laughs) God, it's so crazy. But I think that's just a Mm -hmm. component of like all dating at this point, really any relationship, even just somebody you meet that's like a friend or something, you're going to look at their Instagram, you're going to look at what they're doing online. And you're going to get more information out of that than you will have gotten in the first whatever hour or two you hung out with them for sure. That's just where we at now. Give me that chip. Let me upload. Let me just swim around on the Internet. That's all I want. Please. Then I will have made it. The
2: Clues Tech Corner is really uh, bleeding off into other segments today.
0: (laughs) That's right. Anyway, thank you all for joining us on this Friday. We hope you have a good weekend. We hope you've enjoyed all the segments that we presented here for your entertainment and information. And we'll be back next week with a brand new Gore Girl summer interview. You're definitely going to not want to miss that one. And as always, we got those t-shirts out with our new logo. Again, you just go to gameofroses.co, pick one of those up, and if you want to submit your screams to us to be played here in Screams from the Pit.
2: No Naked Creatures.
0: Oh, sorry, the No Naked Creature Strategy is now put into play for everyone, of course, via Pace case. But if you want to submit one of those screams, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit, and hopefully we'll hear some good screams from you. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at?
2: It has been 7,361 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be...
0: Please review this podcast Please get a friend to listen to us and then